All right, this is LJHS Bros, Undisputed, Season 1, back at it for you. Um, here to recap a lot of NFL action that we've had in the last couple weeks since the last time we came on. We had the NFL draft, which was honestly one of the most entertaining drafts uh, I've I've watched in my lifetime. For sure. I, I'm, I'm sure some of it was because it was the first uh, live sports we had experienced in <laughs> in at least a month or so at the time, but um, it was also, it's a heck of a draft class coming in. And uh, I think, you know, there were, there were a lot of unexpected uh, picks in this draft too. So uh, we'll, we'll cover that. This is uh, Christian Maggio and uh, only Jay Motter with me today, but uh, we're going to, we're going to hit this NFL uh, draft recap and power rankings pretty hard here today. Let's do it. All right, so let's start uh, looking at the draft. Um, so let, let's kind of go over just uh, some some team winners um, from the draft. There were a lot of teams that I think got significantly better throughout the draft. Jay, who, who do you think were some of your uh, winners from the draft? Uh, some of my favorites from the draft, definitely the Denver Broncos. I really like how John Elway is building around mm-hmm. Drew Locke. You know, added Melvin Gordon this offseason. Now got Jerry Judy. Definitely an offense for the future. Going to be very exciting this upcoming years. Miami, obviously. Picked some great picks. Tua, great pick. And then uh, Arizona, who got – stole Isaiah Simmons at eighth overall. I think they did. Should have been they top did. five all day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, those are my three winners, three main winners. I I definitely agree with you on uh, on Denver. I think Denver – um, had a heck of a draft, um, and especially they they fixed their best need, and they fixed it hard too. Because um, you know, really looking at their off season, kind of in free agency, you saw them make some other moves um, and strengthening positions right. that they were already strong at. And for example, signing Melvin Gordon, where you know was a puzzling sign to look at because um, they already had Philip Lindsay and. And the Broncos pretty much only had Cortland Sutton in the right. uh, in the wide receiver core last year, and uh, they had a young uh, tight end Noah Fant, who I think is going to get better. But um, you know, other than those two, they really were pretty depleted in the wide receiver um, core. But they hit that hard snagging, which I think was a snag, getting Jerry Judy at fifteen. Oh yeah, for sure. Huge. Huge snag, and then not only getting him, getting uh, KJ Hamler, who I think could be one of the mo- end up being one of the most underrated picks in this draft. I th- KJ Hamler was really uh, a heck of an all-around player. He he was a great kick returner and a great um, receiver. I think he'll fit in as a nice slot receiver um, in that core with Jerry Jerry Judy and uh, Cortland Sutton on the yeah. sides there. Definitely, definitely. I really like Noah Fan too. Right. And I, I think uh, getting weapons like that early for um, a young quarterback like Drew Locke, and that's going to be huge for his success coming up here soon. And I, I also had Denver on my list. And um, another one I was really impressed with um, was the Baltimore Ravens. They – Oh, yeah. Um, really, they didn't even – they didn't even have a ton of holes – going into the draft i i thought and it, they were just they already had had a heck of an offseason signing uh getting calais campbell 
um, for the defensive line and then a, a few others as well. And, I mean, a team that was 14-2, and two, uh, they did slip up in the playoffs, but um, they were a, a, one of the best teams in the NFL last year. And I didn't think it could get any better, but somehow they, they had one of the best drafts um, in the whole NFL, snagging Patrick Queen, one of the best defensive Man. players. I'd say Patrick Queen is the second-best linebacker in this draft behind um, Isaiah Simmons. And he, they snagged him at 28. And then when you thought they were done, second round, pick number 55, they snagged J.K. Dobbins from Ohio State, who is going to be lethal back there with Lamar Jackson. They're building a core that's going to be huge for years to come. Man, imagine if they get Antonio Brown, too. Imagine that offense. Jeez. I mean, it, they're they're so young, too. I mean, they're oh, four. Yeah. Lamar um, – Hollywood Brown, um, now J.K. Dobbins, and um, and Willie Sneed, and some a couple others too in that offense. That offense is very young and very good. They've got a lot of success to come. They're and Mark Andrews, there. right? And they they and they just signed, uh, um, I think Hayden Hurst or someone too. Right. Yeah. Another tight end. So they're the the Ravens are going to be absolutely deadly next season but another team that had a heck of a draft is the indianapolis colts had one of the biggest snags in the entire draft getting jonathan taylor in the second round that was probably one of the biggest shocks in the whole draft oh yeah for sure i mean no one would have thought the colts would have taken a running back i mean they already have uh, marlon mack and Naheem Hines, and um, shoot, I'm blanking on the third one now, but um, they have they already had three good running backs, but then they added Jonathan Taylor. Imagine keeping Mar- – in the fourth quarter, you're going to have a fresh Marlon Mack and a Jonathan Taylor rotation. <laughs> That's going to be a nightmare for defensive lines to stop. And a solid wide receiver core in um, T.Y. Hilton and Zach Pascal too. And um, another one of the snags, right before they snagged Taylor, they got um, Michael Pittman oh, from yeah. USC, who I actually didn't even know about before um, the draft. But looking at his stats and and realizing the situation that he had in USC, really, he didn't really have any great quarterbacks over there at USC during his four years. But he, especially last year, but – Listen to the stat line he had last year. He had 101 receptions in 13 games for 1,275 yards and 11 touchdowns in in 13 games. Dang. With, I mean, not even a great quarterback over there at USC last year. So Michael Pittman was severely underrated. um, And I, I don't see how he escaped the first round, but. The, the Indianapolis Colts had a heck of a snag there, not to mention um, them later snagging um, Jacob Eason to uh, get into the quarterback room because, I mean, who knows how long Phillip Rivers is going to um, be around. Yeah. Plus, I mean, Jacoby Brissett is a big question mark too. So that that's an underrated pick there, getting Jacob Eason too. Definitely. And uh, I think um, – 
two more teams that I thought had amazing drafts as well. Um, the next one is um, the Cincinnati Bengals. I think I think really the Bengals. Obviously, they were uh, you know had a rough season last year, two and fourteen. But um, I really don't. I don't really think they were you know as bad as as that record showed. Yeah. Because I I think um, I think they did have a solid defense. Um, you know they had lapses at times, but you know they also had some injury troubles. AJ yeah. Green didn't play all year. Uh, Joe Mixon was in and out. Andy and, Dalton. Yeah, Andy Dalton. So I think the Bengals, you know, were were better than they looked, and I think they even addressed a lot of great spots in this draft. Obviously, getting uh, Joe Burrow, who I think is going to be an absolute Burgo. Um, here early too, um, in his career, they got T. Higgins, um, with the first pick in the second round. Um, I think I think T. Higgins is going to fit well, um, with um, AJ Green. I think T. Higgins is more kind of like a slot guy, I mm-hmm. think, and he's he's he'll fit very good with AJ Green in there, and then and uh, John Ross as well, um, and then um, they. They also um, added a few guys on the defense, including um, their first pick of the second of the last round, the seventh round, um, Marcus Bailey, who I think ended up being severely underrated. And I, I might be a little biased because you know I'm a Purdue fan, but Marcus Bailey was one of the best defenders in the whole Big Ten. Um, if it weren't for him being out all year last year, he probably would have been at least a third round pick at the least. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, think, I can agree with that. I think he could um, turn out to be a huge, huge snag um, for the Bengals at, at pick two fifteen. For sure, for sure, Bengals are definitely underrated. I, I think, I think you know it's going to be tough for them. I think in their division, yeah, their division's getting a lot tougher. Um, you know. They obviously they were fourth in the division and they were getting a lot better already. And then um, the Cleveland Browns have gotten better. The Pittsburgh Steelers are getting men's back, and obviously the Baltimore Ravens up there too. But one more winner I'm going to discuss. Um, I know you won't like this one, Jay, but the uh, the Minnesota Vikings really had a great draft all around. <sighs> um, picked. Justin Jefferson, who, in my opinion, I know this is a very un- unpopular opinion, but I think Justin Jefferson's the best wide receiver in the entire draft, and I really feel like he should. I I think he. I thought for sure he was going to go to uh, the Eagles at twenty one, <laughs> but uh, you know that didn't happen. But um, Minnesota gladly took him at twenty two. They got a. Great corner, um, Jeff Gladney. He was very solid at TCU. Um, and then um, some other some other uh, holes they needed to fill as well that they, they did. And then um, one huge snag they had, too, actually two, was um, this first one in the fourth round, um, pick 130. They took James Lynch, the defensive end from Baylor. He was the Big 12 defensive player of the year and he was still around at pick 130 and the Vikings <laughs> took him 
So that's that's just shocking to think that one of Facts. the best defensive player in a conference was still around there at 130. So that's a huge pick. And then another one, um, I think this is a great pick, but although I'm not really sure how or when it's going to fit in with Minnesota, but um, they took Nate Stanley um, at pick 244. I think Nate Stanley can has the potential to be a really good NFL quarterback. Um, I'm not really sure how that fits with Minnesota, considering that uh, Kirk Cousins is going to be around for a while. But um, I, I did think that was a great pick. Um, so I think Minnesota really had a, a good all-around draft. Yeah, yeah. And, and those were some needs that they had to address, too. I mean, as, but they've lost um, a few guys. They lost Diggs. They lost uh, Everson Griffin. Mm-hmm. Lost Xavier Rhodes, and uh, they really, um, I think those those rookies, um, some of them may or may not be um, as good as the guys they are are filling immediately, but I think um, you know, I think they did did do a, a good yeah. job of addressing those needs. Um, they may or may not contribute next year, but I think here in the in the next few years in the future, I think uh, Minnesota's really got a bright future. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So uh, let's look, let's look at some uh, losers here in the draft. This, <sighs> this team, I actually, you actually had as one of your winners, but I actually had this team as, as a loser. Um, and I'll explain why. The Miami Dolphins I had as a loser in the draft because hmm. they they they've had a solid off season so far, um, and they came in um, into the draft with um, three first round picks, um, two second round picks also, and um, I felt like I think I think I might be you know a little a little harsh on this, but in my opinion I thought. Miami needed some more weapons for Tua. I thought um, they needed, you know, up, a wide receiver or something to to add into his core early on. But they and, – and with as many as there were early in the draft, and I, I was just kind of shocked Miami didn't get one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, they got Devontae Parker and um, – what's his name? Uh, was it Albert Wilson? Is that his name? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't. Yeah, I I can see where you're coming from on that, but I feel like you know Miami they got the weapons they needed and they're building for the future. That's what they're doing right now, and I really like what Brian Flores is doing down there in Miami. True. I mean, I I do still think they've had a solid off season, and I think yeah. it'll be. I I mean, look at last year. We'll talk more about this later too, but um, you know, look at last year they really should not have won any games. They should have been over right. <laughs> but they ended up being 5-11, and 11, including wins um, late in the season over two playoff teams, the Eagles and the Patriots. So, um, you know, I think Brian, Brian Flores, I think will, um, no matter what draft class he has, I think he'll take them and make them significantly better. But, um, I mean, I guess looking at it now, it's not, it's not as bad. As right. I, I mean, one of their big needs was O line, um, and they did get that in the first round and in the second round. Um, 
So, you know, it, it may not have – I may have been a little biased just right. because they didn't get any wide receivers, which I would have liked to see. But, um, but yeah, they, you know, they did have the solid draft still. Hey, they might upgrade the picks next year because of uh, Brian Forrest's race. <laughs> Facts. According to the NFL. <laughs> we'll see what happens with that one. But uh, another another loser – that I had in the draft was, um, and I think this is becoming an annual thing. The Chicago Bears, um, <laughs> it's really sad to be honest, because the Bears have so much potential. Um, I mean, they have a top three, unarguably a top three defense in the entire NFL, and I really don't even know where they were going in this draft. I mean, what they did address one need. Um, at tight end, they, their first pick was a tight end, Cole Komet from Notre Dame, but, um, who I I don't think was better than Bryson Hopkins even. But um, but I mean, then they they focus the rest of their draft pretty much on defense, but they don't need defense. Like why you're. The Bears, it's just so frustrating because the Bears have so much potential and that defense is they're, – they're wasting time because that defense Facts. is not going to be that good forever, you know. They, they I mean, may only have a couple more years uh, at the prime value of that defense. And then, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I re- really just don't know what the Bears. I mean, it's, it's just – and it, it's – not just this year, it's been a couple years in a row that they've just had no direction at all, really, in the draft. It's, they have good picks here and there, but really not a ton of them um, the last couple years. But Definitely. Another team that I had as a loser, but I'm kind of mixed on, to be honest, is the Philadelphia Eagles. I think um, I think this could end up being a good draft, but I think my initial reaction is that um, it's a little confusing here because I think Jalen Ragor, uh, I think he could could end up being pretty good, but I just think there was a lot better than him still left on the board um, at 21 when the Eagles took him. Yeah, definitely. I agree there. Uh, even T. Higgins was probably a better pick than Jalen Rieger. Right. I like Rieger. I think he's a good wide receiver, but there's, there's still plenty of options on the board. I don't think he was the best option at that point in the draft, but yeah. hey, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you you got to definitely trust uh, Doug Peterson and know yeah. that he knows what he's doing and how he's going to fit into a system. And uh, I mean, I think I think he could turn out to be a good fit in that offense. Yeah, um, he he is pretty skilled. He's pretty fast. He's one of the faster wide receivers in the draft. Um, so he could be. And, I mean, if you think about it, for the immediate fit, he might be a better fit for the Eagles than um, Jefferson or some of the others would have been because they've got – if Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey can stay healthy, they've got both of them on the outsides, and they have nothing up in the slot. They have have Ertz at the tight end. But, um, you know, for for the immediate fit, Regor could be a nice fit Mm -hmm. there at the slot for the Eagles offense for – yeah, uh, Doug Peterson. Yeah, he'll be getting targets right right away. Week one, he'll be going at it. For right. Sure. And then um, 
I think probably one of the most contentious picks in the entire draft was their second round pick, Jalen <laughs> Hurts, which was highly, highly questionable. Um, I'm not really sure. I, I'm still kind of confused what the plans are. Some of the plans are that they're going to use two quarterbacks at one time or maybe a wildcat. Um, you know, it's going to be something crazy, I think. Um, I I think Philly probably had some other needs they could have addressed instead. I think this this um, this could be one, too, that turns out being a genius pick for the Eagles if they can find the right fit for, right. uh, for Jalen. But um, I don't know. I mean, Doug's got to be pretty creative to find, find – He does, yeah. Because uh, – Carson Wentz has to be on the field. Yeah, I don't mean. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I mean, just Carson Wentz has to be on the field, so um, right, you can't, you know, take him out to put Hurts in or something like that. Yeah, honestly, I I don't under, understand why Jalen Hurts went in the second round. Like, I thought he was like fifth rounder at best because I thought Eason and Fromm were both better than him. True. Overall, at quarterback, I mean, if they're gonna use my running back, we'll see. But yeah. I, mean, I don't know what it's just all in Doug's hands. Yeah, I mean, if if there's anybody I'd trust to to make that work, it'd be Doug Peterson. But um, I mean, there were still even some some more solid wide receivers, which the Eagles could have hit a little harder too. Um, but I don't know. I, I think this. I mean, I think the instant reaction is that this is not a great draft for Philadelphia, but it could turn out being pretty genius. Right on uh, Doug Peterson's part. And last but not least, the last loser in the draft oh, no. might be the biggest loser in the entire draft. The Green Bay Packers continued the streak of 15 years without drafting a wide receiver in the first round. And Disgusting. not only not picking a wide receiver, picking the quarterback – Picking the position which they probably needed to replace the least at quarterback. <laughs> like the Packers could have probably replaced it. And not only this, not only in the first round did they pick the position that they needed to replace the least, in the second round, they picked the position that they needed to replace the second least. <laughs> I mean, the last two spots the Green Bay Packers needed were quarterback and running back, and yet those were the two picks that they picked in the first two rounds. I don't even know what the heck was going on. Look, I get Matt LaFleur's idea of building for the future, but we just went 13-3. and We do not need to rebuild right now. <laughs> we need to win right now. I mean, so even say we don't get wide receiver in the first round, we could have got Patrick Queen for our defense, but we don't get him. Could have got T. Higgins, didn't get him. No, we picked Jordan freaking Love, <laughs> who won't even start for two to three years, depending on Aaron Rodgers staying in Green Bay. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think Rodgers is starting to hit the twilight of his career, but I mean, I don't think he's gotten that close to the twilight to you know, the end. Right. I thought he still had a, a little bit left in the in the tank, and especially. I think it's even more confusing picking uh, A.J. Dillon in the second round. I mean, he's a solid running back. Don't get me wrong. He had a heck of a college career. Right. But the fit in Green Bay is just – it's it's kind of terrible. I mean, they have – not only do they have Aaron Jones, 
who is top five or seven running back in the entire league. They also have Jamal Williams, who is a, a solid uh, RB2 to have. Right. So, I mean, A.J. Dillon might be getting five carries a game at the most. So Yeah, it is Jamal Williams last year under contract. So, I mean, yeah, he could be a good RB2 for the future. But, I mean, oh, like, okay. is that really what we have the best – is that yeah. our best option right now? Right. And there was there was so much, especially what magnified it is just the the depth that there was in this draft. There was so right. much depth at a lot of positions. And for for them to not take that chance to stock up at those positions they really needed, especially, you know, um, you know, the the opinions are whatever on, on Green Bay's season last year, but no matter what they were only one game away from, from going to the Super Bowl. And this was a chance to to fix some of those holes to get there. And and right. they greatly greatly failed. I think uh Matt LaFleur might be pulling a uh, Jerry Krause last day right. over there in Green Bay or something. Like I've never seen a thirteen and three team start a rebuild after going to the to the uh, conference championship. Yeah, I respect the building for the future aspect, but I mean, I mean, that's not not the right time to do that. We literally just went thirteen and three, right? And and thirteen and three with a first year coach and a different offense. So I mean, they had a chance to really stock up in this draft, and they just didn't. That's why I mean, in my opinion, Green Bay might have had the worst draft in the NFL with with the potential that they had. Yeah, I can't disagree with you there. So I think I think that pretty much uh, covers it for the draft. Um, I think uh, actually a couple, couple other uh, nice picks I want to talk about before we go. Um, Tampa Bay in the first round trading up to take uh, Tristan Wirfs, who, you know, was, was thought by many to be a top 10 pick ended up sliding down to 13, and Tampa Bay traded up and snagged him. That's a huge, huge pick to uh, protect Tom Brady down there in Tampa. Definitely, definitely, dude. That's going to be awesome getting called up and telling him, hey, you're going to be blocking Tom Brady this year. Yeah. Like, man, that's got to be great for Tristan Wirfs. And they, Tom Brady traded up for you to pick you to be his offensive tackle. And then you're gonna go to a team and an offense with Tom Brady, um, and just days earlier they added Gronk, and um, they already had Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Man, that has to be like you said. That has to be the life to get that call. Facts. That's gonna be exciting, man. I'm excited. Yeah, I think I think that was that was a heck of a pick for. Uh, Tampa and then one last one um, was the Dallas Cowboys snagging CD Lamb. Um, that was that was shocking to see see first of all to see him falling that that far down right but then to see Dallas snag him where um, you know that offensive is lethal. I think um, we'll see this year really how much of a problem. Uh, how much of the problem Jason Garrett's was Jason Garrett was because if they if they play a lot better than last year, it, it's going to show that right. Jason Garrett was a problem. But 
If not, then something else is the problem because they've got a lot of studs there on that offense in Dallas. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they picked Mr. Rub in the Eagles' face. <laughs> because, like, did they really need another wide receiver? No. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they had – they already had – I mean, just think of this offense. They have Dak at quarterback. They have Zeke um, at running back. They have Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and um, uh, somebody else I'm forgetting. And now they have um, C.D. Lamb at wide <laughs> receiver. I mean, that's just that's just lethal. That's uh, just thinking of talent wise on that offense. That might be the second best offense in the whole NFL next to Tampa on on talent, just pure talent wise. Yeah, well, we'll see how Dak goes this season and Michael McCarthy. It just right. it all depends, right? Yeah, I mean, we'll see. It, it's it's a question mark still, just because of those things and the defense on Dallas. We'll still, you know, we'll see how, how the defense plays. The, the defense was not great last year. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, that offense is just looking scary. I thought that was a heck of a pick for Dallas. Yeah, that defense has no run defense whatsoever. All right. So, I think that's that's all we have for the draft. Let's kind of move into talking about some, some power rankings. Let's first – Look at the uh, AFC. Yeah. Let's let's start from the bottom. Who who's your number sixteen in the AFC, Jay? Number sixteen, I got uh, the Jaguars. Not much to say here. I just don't think they're probably the worst team in the AFC easily. I I also agree. I have uh, Jacksonville, which is which is pretty sad to be honest because Jacksonville they were they weren't great last year, but you know they weren't they weren't terrible either and um i mean they're just going they're they're going in a complete rebuild they're pretty much trading away right anybody they had which i I mean that whole defense from that afc championship team a couple years ago is now gone and uh and you know pretty much all that's left on offense um is gardner minfield dj chark and Leonard Fournette, which is a solid core if they can build around those guys. But um, I don't know. I think I think it looks like Fournette is going to go probably within the next year. Or so. Right. And, uh, yeah, it's, Jacksonville's not heading in the right direction at all. They did get C.J. Henderson, which I like that pick. But other than that, yeah, 16th in the AFC for sure. Yeah. And then at 15, I had the New York Jets. Um, I don't think there's much to say there either. The Jets, right. the Jets, and uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's much to say on that one really. I also had uh, the Jets at 15. I just don't, I don't see anything going on with them in the near future. No. And number, who did you have for number 14? For number 14, I had uh, the LA Chargers. I mean, they're in a rebuild phase right now. Obviously, getting Justin Herbert. I don't know. I'm kind of iffy on Justin Herbert. I don't know if he's all that. Right. Like, I don't think he was top ten worthy in my opinion, but we'll see. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you on that one. I think, um, I think he's got the potential. He's got the build, definitely. Right. And he's got a pretty good arm, but um, I don't know. I just felt like uh, I, I, I agree with you on that point. To be honest, bit of a reach. 
But I I actually did not have the Chargers at 14. I had the Las Vegas Raiders at Ooh. 14 on mine. I, I just think um, – I think they've got a couple huge weapons. They've got um, – they got the potential to get better. I think they've got um, – They've got Henry Ruggs in the draft, um, and um, they have Darren Waller, who was a really good – had a breakout year last year, and they had Josh Jacobs, who's um, possibly becoming one of the best right. uh, running backs in the NFL. But um, I don't know. I just don't feel like – I don't feel like Las Vegas is at, you know, the level it should be yet. All right. I respect it. In my number 13, I have the Los Angeles Chargers um, for many of the same reasons as you. I mean, um, yeah, I just think they're – I think they've they've got some talent. I think if if Herbert does turn out well, they, they could uh, bump up a little higher. But I don't – I mean, they have um, – they still have uh, Austin Eckler on offense, and they have um, Keenan Allen. But um, I just don't think – Right. I mean, you look at what they did with Phillip Rivers, and I don't think um, Justin Herbert will be at the level Phillip Hi- Rivers was right. immediately next year. At uh, my 13, I want to put them higher, but I got to be unbiased right now. I have the Bengals. <laughs> Obviously, wasn't very good last year, but mm-hmm. a lot of injuries. You know, we'll see what happens. They could be higher on this list, but I got to be fair. True. There's a lot of what ifs in uh, Cincinnati. Right. That's yet to be determined. So, who was your number twelve? My number twelve was is the Mr. Bill Belichick's Patriots. No quarterback right now, mm-hmm. so I, I don't know. They're a big question too. Yep, that was also my number twelve in uh, the Patriots. I think. Um, I mean, you look at the struggle it was with even Tom Brady at quarterback last year. Just that offense really got a lot older really fast. And, um, um, you know, it was even a struggle at times for Tom last year. And um, now it looks like Jarrett Stidham is going to take the role. Um, I think it's going to it's gonna be a process there in New England. Their defense still is going to be really good. But, um, you right. know, I, I don't – they're yeah. also kind of a question mark. I mean, they were really good. Um, don't get me wrong, but they also did um, struggle in some of the key games. So, Right. And at number 11, I have the Miami Dolphins. I think, um, I think they could have the potential to be a little higher. I think this, this range about 7 to 11 here on my, um, on my rankings were really close. Mm-hmm. I think – really any of these teams you can kind of switch around to be honest I think they're all about equal but I have the Dolphins here at 11 I just think um, I think they've got to prove a little bit more I like I like the potential with Brian Flores there at coach and what he's done uh, last year but um, and I, I really like the potential Tua has as well but I just want to see the the fit first right or you know it, they kind of get a little higher I also had Miami at 11. I, I can't put them too high yet, you know. Right. We'll see what happens there. I just think we need to see a little bit more. Mm-hmm. With, uh, they had a heck of an offseason addressing a lot of needs, but um, I think we just need a little bit more time for Miami to really break through. Right. 
Who's your number 10? Number 10, I got the Cleveland Browns. Hopefully this year they get out of the dumpster fire. We'll see. <laughs> still have a lot of potential, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Baker Mayfield is still a big question. Facts. And Cleveland is Cleveland, so I mean. Yeah. At, at my number 10, I actually have their d- division rival, the Cincinnati Bengals. I think um, I, I talked about it earlier, and you kind of talked about it. Um, I think Cincinnati's got a lot of potential. I think Joe Burrow fills a huge need that they had last year, and I think he exceeds even filling that need. I think he's going to improve that need um, immediately. I think um, I just think Joe Burrow's going to be a, a heck of an NFL quarterback. I think he's yeah. Gonna, I mean, you see these these hyped up quarterbacks come in. I mean, you just talked about one Baker Mayfield, who had a lot of hype, but. Um, it hasn't really lived up to the hype he had, um, and you see it a lot. But, um, you know, I think Joe Burrow really has that skill set. I mean, he, yeah, he had a lot of help and stuff at LSU, but also he made that team a lot better himself. And he had a season that no one has ever done before in the history of college football. And just yeah, way, definitely. He, he has – an amazing IQ. He has, um, you know, he has the swagger. He has the confidence, yet not not really overconfident. He knows his place, and he's willing to learn and get better. I think he really is going to transition well into being an NFL quarterback. Definitely. I agree. He's going to be a beast. So, at number nine, I have um, the Cleveland Browns. Um for a lot of the reasons you said also, I think, um, I think they have a lot of talent, which is, I think they're going to get a tad bit better than last year, but I don't, I don't know if they're going to break through and get in the playoffs or anything like that. I right. think, um, I, I just think, like I said, Cleveland is still Cleveland, you know, until they prove otherwise, they just, they always find ways to kind of screw things up. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, the sky is the limit, really, with some of the talent they have. I mean, they have Miles Garrett, uh, and and uh, you know, um, Ward on defense and some others. Um, they have on Odell Baker, um, uh, Hooper. Now the, they got one of the best running backs in the league, Nick Chubb, um, and and then they got Austin Hooper too, and. And then, um, so, I mean, they've got the potential to be really good. And they could definitely be a playoff team if if things do turn out well. But I just don't know if they will. Definitely. At my number nine spot, you have a lot lower than I did. I have the Las Vegas Raiders. I think their offense is going to be super exciting this year. Mm -hmm. Because now you got Henry Ruggs, in my opinion, the second best receiver in the draft. I actually liked the pick of getting Ruggs at 12 because of his speed Mm -hmm. and how that would work out in the NFL. And with the addition of Darren Waller and Josh Jacobs, I mean, as long as quarterbacks are right, Derek Carr performs, I think they could be a potential playoff team, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I, I, they, I think they could, they could have a lot of potential <clears throat> to be that good, but I don't know. I just don't. I don't really. They've they've got the pieces. I just don't know if I really see it coming together right. there. And I mean, Derek Carr had a really good first couple of years, but he hasn't really done as much since then. But maybe maybe this could be the year he breaks through mm-hmm. and then uh, finally gets it done. But who is your who is your number eight? At number eight, I want to put him a little bit higher, but 
still got to be lenient right now. I have the Denver Broncos. Really like what they did this offseason. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Drew Locke's going to be a stud, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think I – think, uh... At first, I, I wasn't really impressed, but when I kind of looked more into kind of his stats and what he did in the last few games last year, he really had a, a great season um, in the time that he had. Um, and he was a very good quarterback at Missouri in college, too. Right. And, uh, and Missouri was a, a very pass-first offense. And, uh, yeah, I think – and, and um, Denver's really been proven to, to be a good place for quarterbacks – in, in the recent um, recent times also with, um, you know, they had a young Tim Tebow come in and then, you know, they kind of had Peyton, Peyton Manning for a little bit. And then, um, right. And, and obviously John Elway being in charge of the whole thing in Denver. Um, they, they're, that's a good place for young quarterback to be. And especially when they're giving him the weapons that they're giving him, that's Facts. gonna be huge in, in Drew Locke's development. Definitely. They're gonna be exciting next year. And and really, um, you know, obviously they have the Chiefs. I don't think they're gonna they can overcome the Chiefs yet in the division. But um, you know, Las I think Las Vegas and um and and the Chargers are two teams that they, they can definitely beat. Um so, you know, that's that's they've got a shot at a wild card, I think. Yeah, for sure. But my number eight is the Houston Texans. I think um, the Texans were a really solid team last year. They, um, you know, didn't weren't as good on defense as usual, which was kind of kind of weird because they've mostly been a defensive team the last few years. But um, but the Texans, um, I think, took a huge hit trading away. DeAndre Hopkins, I think he was enormous for their offense. He was huge for um, Deshaun Watkins or Deshaun Watkins, Deshaun <laughs> Watson. Um, I, I think that was just a huge hit for them to lose him. And I mean, David Johnson, I mean, was good, but I, I just don't know with the injury history if he's going to be able to produce at the level Houston will need him to. Right. All right. Uh, at number seven, I have the Tennessee Titans. Obviously, they, they made all of the AFC Championship last year. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know about Ryan Tannehill, like being a multi-year Pro Bowl right. quarterback. Right. Yeah, that's that's all I got from them. Yeah, I think my I I actually pretty much agree with that. However, my number seven is going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think the Steelers. Um, it's going to be intriguing to see Ben Roethlisberger come back. Um, if Ben Roethlisberger comes back and plays like he did um, a few years ago, um, before he started having some of these injury troubles, I think Pittsburgh could definitely get a lot higher than this. But um, I think for now, just with the question mark of that, um, and um, you know, James Conner had some inter- injury troubles last uh-huh. year as well. I think obviously, you know, they were still a decent team considering they had to start Devlin Hodges at quarterback a couple of games. Right. But, um, <laughs> um, but so, I mean, they've got, they've still got a squad and uh, it, especially on defense. I think that defense is going to be one of the better defenses in the league next year. Um, right. And they can get, especially what they do best is take the ball away. 
it with Minka Fitzpatrick and some others on that defense, Devin Bush um, and some others, they can um, they can get a ton of takeaways, which could help that offense be even better next year. So I think Pittsburgh, I think for now, with those question marks of James Conner coming back 100% and Ben Roethlisberger coming back 100%, um, I'm going to stick the Steelers at seven, but they have a good ceiling. Right, and at, at six, I have Steelers. Mm-hmm. So, and pretty much all you said there. Mm-hmm. And at my six is the Tennessee Titans for um, a lot of the same reasons. I, I think they're still good enough to be. I think they're going to be a playoff contender. I think obviously in that division two, I think they're definitely better than Houston, and they're for sure better than uh, Jacksonville. So I think they're um, they're going to be two good teams to watch. Or I think they're they're going to be two teams that the Titans can beat in that division. Um, so you know that's going to be a good base to start off getting some wins. And uh, I think the the Titans are going to be able to be good enough um, to. I I think Ryan Tannehill is going to need to contribute some more um, on on a whole season basis than he did last year. But um, I think they will be able to rely a lot on. Derrick Henry, um, I think he's going to get even better this year. Um, however, it's going to be a question mark to see if they rely on him continually more, is he going to be able to last till you know, the playoffs? That's going to be a huge question mark. Facts, facts. At number five, I have the Texans. I'm going to disagree with you saying the Titans are better than Texans. I still think the Texans are a better team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, obviously, they, they got rid of DeAndre Hopkins. Very questionable trade there by uh, Bill O'Brien. But, uh, I mean, they did add, what's his name, Brandon, Brandon Cooks and Randall Cobb True. to the offense. I, I think Deshaun Watson's still a stud, so we'll see. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just don't think – I think I think Deshaun – I don't think Deshaun will be any bit worse, really, than last year. I think Deshaun's still a great quarterback, um, and he'll be one of the top few in the league again. But um, – I don't know. I just don't think they really – I think they got worse this offseason. And Tennessee was already um, equal to them last year. Right. And I'd say Tennessee is – they didn't really add much this offseason, but I think um, internally they're going to improve a lot. I think uh, Derrick Henry is obviously going to get better. And they also had A.J. Brown, who was one of the best rookie wide receivers last year, and he's only going to get better. So um, – I think internally Tennessee is going to get even better. And I just don't like the fit in Houston. I think um, the depth is going to be solid, but I just don't, I just don't know. And in that defense, um, I don't know if that yeah. really got better on defense this off season either. Who's your number five? My number five is the Denver Broncos. I like it. I think they were, they were, um, you know, a middle of the pack AFC team last year. And, I I just I really like what Denver I I was I wasn't sure I know I've said this a couple of times but I, I wasn't sure how the offseason was going to go um, when they signed Melvin Gordon and made some of those other moves but kind of looking back on it now and uh, after the draft they had I'm sold on Denver I think and yeah Denver's defense really hasn't ever gotten worse since you know the the defense was really what got Obviously, they have Peyton Manning, too, but the defense really helps them get that Super Bowl um, and help them be one of the top couple teams in the NFL. And 
the defense really hasn't gotten much worse since then. And, right. Um, so the defense is obviously still there. And um, I think this offense is definitely coming around. I'm really liking the looks of Drew Locke with um, Pey- uh, Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon in the backfield. And then uh, Cortland Sutton with um, Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler in the wide receiver core and Noah Fant too. I just really like the looks of this Denver team. Definitely, definitely. At my number four spot, got the Indianapolis Colts for many reasons. Obviously, amazing offseason. Signed Phillip Rivers, a spot they really needed help at. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, not much to say there. The Colts are going to be really good this year. I, I um, agree with what you said. However, I'm not going with the Colts just yet. I've got the Buffalo Bills at number four. I think the Bills – are um, also, I think the Bills had a pretty good offseason getting uh, – they didn't really do too much, but they did what they needed to do, I think. As, uh, their defense um, their defense was really solid last year. Um, I think their offense was solid at points. I think Josh Allen is going to continue to get better. Um, and I think adding um, Stephon Diggs, will definitely help him to get better. That's one thing they didn't really have. They had John Brown had a good season last year, but he's not really the type of a guy that's like a wide receiver one, you know? Right. um, I think getting Stephon Diggs, I think he can grow into being more of a wide receiver one in Buffalo. And I think kind of being in Minnesota, he just didn't like it himself there in Minnesota. Um, I think it's going to be good for him to get out of there and get in a new system in Buffalo. Yeah, definitely, definitely. My number three is the Bills. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you pretty much there, everything there. Yeah, and my number three is the Colts, and for pretty much all the reasons you said. I, I think I just really like this. The, the defense is going to be absolutely locked down next year. Um, they added DeForest Buckner um, on that line. Him and some others on that line are going to be huge. They have Darius Leonard, who's um, becoming one of the best linebackers in the league. They have Malik Hooker, who's a solid safety. And uh, they have a couple others on defense that are really good. I I don't really see any holes on that defense in Indianapolis. And I think this offense, we already talked about the running game with Marlon Mack, Jonathan Jonathan Taylor, and some others. Um, the, The receiver core now has T.Y. Hilton and, uh, and Michael Pittman and right. um, another one or two solid guys. Um, I, think, I think the variable is Phillip Rivers there. And also not to mention, Indianapolis has one of the top couple lines in the league too. They have a Definitely. really good offensive line that they've built over the last couple years. And uh, I think the, the question mark is going to be Phillip Rivers. I think – if Phillip Rivers plays like he did last year, I think the Colts, you know, I think they're probably around the same, maybe a little bit better than the, than the Titans or the Texans. Um, but I think if Phillip kind of cleans the turnovers up a little bit, I think the Colts can compete with Baltimore and Kansas City. Definitely. And number two, I have the Baltimore Ravens. Not much to talk about here on this. Obviously, we are – they got a bunch of people this offseason, and they're already a 14-2 team. So I think number two is a fair spot for them. Mm-hmm. And my number two, I 
have the reigning champs, the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I don't know. I just think uh, looking, comparing them to Baltimore, I think I think they're better on the offensive end. Um, you know, obviously, no one's better on the offensive end than the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, you can't beat Patrick Mahomes with Tyreek Hill and um, Travis Kelsey and and more, along with an improved running game now, getting um, Clyde Edwards, Helaire, huge, huge, Facts. perfect, perfect fit in Kansas City. He is he is not as much of a pound it type of running back, but um, he is a really good pass catcher, and uh, he's got a lot of speed. So I think he's going to fit perfect there in Kansas City. But but I think that defense is a ginormous question mark in Kansas City. Yeah, definitely. And at number one, I got the the reigning champ, the Chiefs. Obviously, the offense is just astronomical out of this world. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they're going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah. I mean, I don't, and my number one, obviously, is the Ravens. But, I, I mean, I think, I, think I, I give the edge to the Ravens just because, I mean, I think they could have, you know, won a Super Bowl last year, but they just, they just slipped up in the playoffs. But um, I think with another year experience, it's going to be good for Lamar and some of those guys. But, I mean – I would not be one bit surprised to see the Baltimore Ravens or the Kansas City Chiefs be the best team in the AFC. I mean, both of them are really equal in my mind, to be honest. Facts. I gave the Chiefs the edge just <clears throat> based off uh, Lamar's potential injury that could happen. Right, right. I, I yeah. Mean, I, I'm, I, I can see either side of it. I personally, I think Baltimore is going to be a tad bit better, but, I mean, the Chiefs are the Super Bowl champs, and – they have um, Patrick Mahomes, the greatest quarterback in the NFL. So, um, yeah, I think I think either one of those guys, either one of those teams, are going to be very good. Definitely, definitely. All right, so let's start on the NFC. Start at number sixteen. I have the Washington Redskins. At number sixteen, I also have the Redskins. Not much to say there. Nope. At number 15, I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Rams, actually. I think – I just think um, the Rams have really fallen off from where they were a couple years ago. I just think, um, you know, they – I think it all started um, in that Super Bowl when Todd Gurley didn't get the carries he should have gotten. And then last year he had all his injury troubles and – it really showed how much he meant that offense, really. Facts. Because, uh, you know, their offense was pretty much the same as they were the year before, but with less Todd Gurley, they, you know, had a lot less production. So mm-hmm. I think that really shows how much he meant to that offense, and then now he's gone. So, Yeah, number 15, I have the Giants. I don't, I don't want to put them too high yet. I, I like what they're doing down there. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Saquon and Danny Dimes. Uh, duo for the future, definitely. But, I mean, they're still iffy on the defense. I just don't see them getting much higher. Right. I At 14, I have the Detroit Lions. I think I – th- I just – I mean, it's tough kind of some of these teams in the NFC. Right. I think Detroit does have the – I mean, 
kind of every year, to be honest. Detroit does have a little bit of potential, but they just, I don't, it's just Detroit. It never, right. it never comes through for them, sadly. I mean, Matt, they have Matt Stafford coming back, who actually had a pretty, pretty decent year last year until he got hurt. But, um, and they have Kenny Galladay, who is, who has had a, a tremendous year last year. Um, and Marvin Jones Jr., that, that duo in the wide receiver core um, is, is a top few in the league. I think those two have a lot of yeah. growth, too. And, uh, and, um, and they also did add to the running game getting DeAndre Swift in the draft. So, uh, I mean, I've got him at 14 just because, um, I don't know, just, I think just more because of history, to be honest. I just right. don't know if Detroit will come through. At fourteen, I have the Rams. Like you said, I just I don't know about them. I mean, they mm-hmm. seem they seem very depleted last season. Mm-hmm. You know, with barely any Todd Gurley action and Jared Goff just not being there. Right. And yeah, that's all I got to say about them. Mm-hmm. Who's your number thirteen? Number thirteen, I have Detroit. Like you said, uh, they're, they're just Detroit man. I don't know. I, I like Stafford and all, but have you heard recently Stafford sold his house in Detroit? So no. Yeah, it, it was came through the news not too oh. long ago. So, uh, you know, maybe it's a new chap- new chapter for Detroit, getting a new quarterback here soon. Maybe it's the David Blau era. <laughs> <laughs> highly doubt it. Number, number 13, I have another uh, NFC North team. I have the Chicago Bears. I think the Bears, you know, another big question mark because I think the defense is still going to be really good, but that offense um, – they they did get Nick Foles, um, but I'm honestly not sure if he's even going to start because yeah. uh, the way um, Ryan Pace and some others have been talking, it sounds like it's still Mitch Trubisky's team for some reason. So, uh, <laughs> I, I don't, and and Foles I think is 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 an upgrade over Mitch Trubisky, but I don't know by how much. Um, and the Bears just they could have done so much better. I mean. They had so many options. They had – heck, they could have gotten Tom Brady at quarterback, and they could have gotten Jameis Winston. They could have gotten Cam Newton. And, I mean, Nick Foles, I mean, he's obviously had some amazing runs, especially in the playoffs. But um, I just don't know if he's the right right, the right fit. I think he could. I mean, with a, like a lot of these guys, I think he could turn out – good in Chicago but I don't know he also did have a lot of weapons with him in Philly too so right yeah we'll have to see uh, my number 12 I have the Carolina Panthers don't get me wrong they could be higher on this list but I'm still not going to put them too high on this list obviously getting Teddy Bridgewater good sign Teddy Bridgewater mm-hmm. is super underrated and they also got uh, Robbie Anderson and then mm-hmm. with, alongside with uh, Christian McCaffrey and everything the Panthers right. are going to be side on the offense but the defense is still kind of yeah, to me. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I think that offense is going to be lethal, but that defense is just—it's still their defense struggled a lot last year. But at my number twelve, I have the New York Giants. Um, um, I think I've been convinced that Saquon Barkley is going to be um, come back a hundred percent this year. He's back, and uh, you know he's going to have. Not that he didn't have a, a good season, but, you know, he also just wasn't 100% last year. Um, I think he's going to be back this year. And 
I think if they can get Evan Ingram healthy again, and uh, I think Sterling Shepard has room to grow, and I think Danny, Dan, uh, Daniel Jones has a lot of potential as well. Um, so I think the Giants um, are going to move up a little bit from last year, but their defense is still not very good. So I'm, right. I still got them down at 12. Who's your number 11? My number 11 is the Atlanta Falcons. Um, this was a hard one, honestly, because I think Atlanta actually has a ton of potential, I think, this year. Right. Um, if Especially if Todd Gurley can be healthy and back to what he was. Oh, my gosh. That offense is insane with Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. And, uh, and then they get Todd Gurley in the backfield. That offense is lethal. But, you know, their, their defense still has a lot of problems also. So, right. um, you know, I'm not really sure how the defense is going to play into it as well. Yeah, my number 11, I have the Bears purely off the defense. I mean, that's all I got to say there for the, for the Bears. Mm-hmm. Who's your number 10? My number 10 is all is the Atlanta Falcons. Like you said, the offense could be very lethal. But, I mean, once again, they are in a very sacked division right now, and it's going to be hard to get in the playoffs in it that is. division. It is. I mean, just look at those four teams. I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what they it do is. within each other because, I mean – Looking at, obviously, um, the Saints and the Bucks are the favorites in the division. So, you know, being the Panthers and the Falcons, that's a huge climb uphill in that division. You've pretty much got to take care of all your business in the non, non-division non games because they're, they're not – I don't know if there's one um, 100% winnable game in that division. But my, my number 10 – is the Carolina Panthers because I think that offense is going to be just insane. You talked about some of their weapons. They they uh, brought in Teddy Bridgewater, who is a no-doubt upgrade over Kyle Allen. Um, <laughs> and I think, I think it's going to be good for Teddy to be able to step back into a starting role again, which I think will make him even better. And uh, – Obviously, having Christian McCaffrey, the best running back in the league, is going to be huge. Um, and then in that receiver core, DJ Moore is one of the most underrated wide receivers in the NFL. For sure. He had a heck of a season last year. And uh, shout out, he was a part of uh, Team UMBC making the run for the playoffs in the fantasy <laughs> league. But uh, DJ Moore is one of the best up-and-coming up wide receivers in the whole NFL. So, um, and then they also, uh, added Robbie Anderson too. So, and some others. So definitely, but that deep, I just don't know if that defense is going to be enough for them to really compete for the playoffs. Right. At my number nine, I have the Arizona Cardinals definitely could be higher on this list. I mean, Kyler Murray and D hops can be super exciting to watch this year. Mm -hmm. Not to mention they also have Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald still. Right. And then I love how the way in the draft taking Isaiah Simmons eighth overall. Mm-hmm. Getting that guy eighth overall is insane. I mean, the versatility right. on that man Isaiah Simmons is out of this world. Mm-hmm. And I, they're they're gonna be a playoff contender. I definitely think they will. Yeah, I I one hundred percent agree and agree. And I also have the Arizona Cardinals at number nine for all the reasons you said too. 
And, um, I mean, I, I think, like you said, they could be even higher. I think they may, they may actually be higher, honestly. But um, pretty much a lot like the NFC South, the NFC West is going to be a hard division to get some wins in for, especially for the Cardinals and the Rams because you've got the 49ers and the Seahawks that are so good in there. So that that's going to be a tough division to move up in. But I think Arizona, especially on offense, if Kyler Murray can take another step this year, they're going to be huge. Definitely. And at my number eight, I have the Dallas Cowboys. I think, uh, you know, we talked about them earlier a lot. Um, that offense has a lot of potential. Um, I think the defense needs to get better. We'll see what Mike McCarthy does this year. Yeah, number eight, I also have America's Bombs, the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, <laughs> pretty much they're always a mid-tier NFC team. I mean, we'll, but, we'll see how it goes this year. I mean, they have they have a ton of potential. I mean, I think they could – if especially if Mike McCarthy comes through, that could be a top three or four NFC team. Yeah. But, I mean, it's just a big question mark right now. At my number seven, I have the Minnesota Vikings. I know that's kind of low considering how they uh, played last year, but if you think about it, they lost some key pieces on defense. Mm-hmm. And sure, they got Justin Jefferson to replace Diggs, but I don't know about Kirk Cousins really. I just I don't see the Vikings being much more than a wild card team. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number seven, I have the Cheeseheads, the Green Bay Oh, jeez. I just think I, – <laughs> I mean, I just – I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I just don't I, – I think Green Bay, honestly, they didn't do anything really this offseason. They didn't do anything in the draft especially. And uh, I just think they had a – I think if they would have had a solid draft – and address some of those needs. I think they they would have remained in the top three or four for me, but I just think with some of these other teams, what some of these other teams did, I, I just think Green Bay falls. And I I don't I don't know I don't know about Aaron Rodgers this year. Honestly, I just think he's I don't know how he's going to react to you know all this that's happened this offseason. I understand. I mean. I mean, don't get me wrong, you know, they still could have a solid season, but I, I don't know. I just don't feel like – I don't know if you're going to get a 100% Aaron Rodgers, really. Well, you think you think he might not play very well or – I don't know. Intentionally? I, yeah. I mean, I just don't – I mean, he could prove me wrong, obviously, but I just – I feel like, in my opinion, I think Aaron Rodgers is just – he's going to be slighted, and we all know – you know, the relationship kind of relationships Aaron Rodgers usually has with head coaches and uh, which is a lot of reason why Mike McCarthy got fired. But, um, you know, I think Matt, Matt LaFleur did do a really good job in Green Bay last year, but I just don't think, I think it's so hard already for a coach to, you know, have, you know, that solid coach quarterback relationship with um, um, Aaron Rodgers but I think after him making that Jordan Love pick this offseason, I think it just made it so much worse. Yeah, but honestly, these one through seven NFC, they're all toss-ups. It, it could go anywhere in the mix. Right, right. I do agree with that. I think I think all, all of these seven are, you know, Yeah, I'm really pretty sure we almost, have the same seven. Almost equal. Right. 
At my number six, I have the Philadelphia Eagles. Obviously, it could be a lot higher, but it all lives on injuries mm-hmm. down there in Philly, and we'll see how yeah. it goes. Hey, they did hire a new athletic trainer this offseason, though. Probably, <laughs> yeah, probably, Marco liked that. Probably, probably the best improvement in Philadelphia's offseason. Not in Philadelphia history. That, that, was the, that was the biggest need for the Philadelphia Eagles yeah. was, was the trainer. <laughs> but uh, my I actually do not have the Eagles just yet. I have at number six the Seattle Seahawks, who I actually thought about ranking a little bit higher, but I think um, I think I like them better here at six. Just because, um, you know, I feel like they were pretty good last year, but um, I feel like they were were kind of a tad bit overrated. But they still have Russell Wilson, who always gets the job done year in and year out. Yeah, at number five, I have the Seahawks. Same reasons, Russell Wilson, Seattle Seahawks. You know, same old Seahawks, really. Didn't really add much, didn't really lose much. (laughs) Same old team. Right. At number five, I have the Minnesota Vikings. I think, uh, I think, I think they um, kind of have addition by subtraction, losing Stephon Diggs. I think that trade was really good for both sides. I think Diggs wanted out of Minnesota, and Minnesota also kind of needed him out. I mean, he was really good. I mean, he just wasn't consistent. I mean, he just his attitude wise. Who just did not fit in Minnesota last year, and uh, I think that hurt their offense. And uh, I don't know. I think, yeah. I think some of these draft additions can actually, because they were in the right spots, I think they can produce for Minnesota next year. Yeah, at number four, I have Tampa Bay, Tampa Tom. You know, the offense is going to be great. It's going to be so exciting, especially on Madden. I cannot play with them on Madden. <laughs> Back. That's going to be like 75 yeah. points a game on Madden. For sure. Yeah, they're, they're going to be great. But the defense is still a question mark, in my opinion. But guaranteed, they're a top five team, I, I think. People are calling right. overrated. I don't get it. They're not right. overrated. Right. I, 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 however, do not have the Bucks just yet. I have the San Francisco 49ers. I think the 49ers were no doubt, uh, obviously, they went to the Super Bowl, but they were no doubt the best team in the NFC. And really, they should have won the Super Bowl too. Um, but I just think um, I think losing DeForest Buckner is a big loss for them on the defense. And uh, I think we'll we'll see what happens in San Francisco. They also lost Emmanuel Sanders, um, who was pretty solid for them last year. But um, and you know, I don't think they really got added a ton of weapons this offseason which is what Jimmy needs. You know, Jimmy is not that type of a quarterback that's just going to carry, you know. So, um, I just think I, – I think San, San Francisco did drop a tad bit this year. Right. So, at, in my top three, I mean, it's all a toss-up for me. I'm going to go, by the way, how the standings were last year. So, at number three, I got Blue Dat Nation, New Orleans <laughs> Saints. You know, obviously they added Emmanuel Sanders <clears throat> and uh, what's his name, Malcolm Jenkins. Mm-hmm. I mean – Still, still the same team, basically. Obviously going to be tough as nails. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the biggest question is how they're going to perform in the playoffs. That's all I got to say. I can't disagree with that. However, my number three is a different team. My number three is the Philadelphia Eagles. I think a the biggest question mark is definitely health. I think if this team can stay healthy, they're going to be something else next, next season. It's going to be especially tough 
to win games in Philadelphia next season. Um, I mean, they went nine and seven with a bunch of uh, YMCA guys at wide receiver. I mean, <laughs> I mean, they had, and then they had Josh McCown at quarterback in the playoffs. So I mean, almost one. I mean, that shows the type of coach Doug Peterson is. So if those guys can stay healthy, and if uh, if Regor does fit into that offense, and then Hurts um, can contribute as well. I think Philadelphia can be pretty dangerous. And yeah. they also added uh, Darius Slay on defense, too, which is a great pickup. So I got the Eagles at three. At number two, I know you're not going to like this. I have the Green Bay Packers, my team, you know. I mean, we didn't lose anything. So, I mean, I'm confused. We didn't, we didn't lose anything. So I don't think we're dropping anywhere in the standings. I, I don't know. 12 I and four they, all day. But uh, I think other teams did pass them up. And uh, they do have a lot better, a lot tougher of a schedule this year, too. Though. They do. I mean, we'll see. I mean, uh, one through seven they're gonna is have to prove it. They're going to have to prove it. All right. But uh, my number two is uh, Tampa Tom, the greatest of all time. Um, I just love to fit in uh, Tampa Bay. I think uh, him with Bruce Arians especially is going to be great. I think that defense is a question mark, but I think also a lot of their troubles was because Jameis threw so many picks. Um, and they also got a lot better by the end of the season. So um, I think having Tom there will definitely be less turnovers for the offense, which will uh, mean better defensive play. And uh, Todd Bowles has also always been really good as a defensive coordinator. He was not as amazing as a head coach, but as a coordinator – he was he was always been really good, so um, I think he's gonna make that defense even better. So I've got yeah. at number two. At number one, I got the 49ers. I was kind of iffy on this choice I made because obviously the 49ers lost some key pieces, but I still feel like their defense is still going to be there. The run game is still going to be there. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, Jimmy G comes back better, and I think they're still going to be tough as nails. And I think after winning the NFC last year, I'm still giving them respect and giving them the number one spot. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I honestly could see them being running it again. To be honest, I, I. It just depends. Some of those losses are tough, but I think they could possibly be overcome. So, uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I think San Francisco definitely can can run it again. Yeah, and uh, we'll see. Another year for Kyle Shanahan to to get to work. Is, is uh, another year for improvement for them, too. However, my number one is the the greatest oh. Purdue quarterback of all time, Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints. I think the Saints actually got better this offseason, I think. Um, and I think they're going to have a chip on their shoulder because um, they're tired of these fluke playoffs, um, you know, we saw the Minneapolis Miracle last year. Was I'm not sure. Fluke, honestly, but uh, the they had the Minneapolis Miracle. They just got two outplayed. Years ago, they had or three years ago, and then they had um, the worst call in the history of all sports two years ago, and then last year, um, the pretty much the whole team just choked. The whole offense just choked. So, I mean, Michael Thomas didn't show up. Alvin Kamara didn't show up. Um, Drew wasn't amazing, but he wasn't terrible. Um, 
But, I mean, as long as the Saints don't see the Vikings in the playoffs, I think they can run it in the NFC. <laughs> Yeah, my question is, I mean, is Drew Brees going to perform the way he has been these past years? He's going to be back to 100% this year. Like, that's why I don't have the Bucs and Saints in my top two, just because of the age of Tom Brady and Drew Brees. I don't know if they're going to perform the way they have all these years. I mean, he has declined a little bit, and uh, I think he's only got a year or two left. Um, But... um, I, I don't see it at all, honestly, with Tom Brady. I mean, I, uh, just because I thought I was seeing it for years. And, uh, yeah. And you always think for every single year that Tom Brady is going to fall off because of his age, and then he never does. And, I mean, even with the the level of talent he had on that New England offense last year, you know, he still had a relatively solid season. So, um I think him with yeah. all those weapons in Tampa Bay is just going to be insane. Yeah, they're going to be so exciting to He's watch. I can't wait for that too. that game, the Bucks I mean, and Saints Week One. He he knows, he knows, you know, he does the, the stakes of this, and just with the dedication that he has, uh, he's just going to go on another level. I think. It's it's going to be a heck of a yeah season. definitely we'll see it's going to be great to watch some football and uh, and man this 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 NFL offseason is definitely uh, giving us a little bit of hope in this uh, in this coronavirus man <laughs> I know it's been sad without facts. sports I, I mean I feel depleted inside my heart right now facts the goat hey Dana White brought back UFC that's about it but. Uh, yeah, I mean, NFL really came up clutch with the, some of the crazy offseason moves first, and then uh, the draft was great, and then the schedule Facts. release. Um, you know, so, you know, the NFL has been great this offseason. So, it's going to be a heck of a, off, uh, a season. I, I mean, as, even it shows as we went through our rankings, man, we were talking about – it felt like we were kind of being repetitive, but it's true, though, that so many teams have so much potential – Right. Even a lot of those bottom teams have the potential to really be competitive next year. Um, I think the talent is just – there's so much talent in the league for this next year. Um, it's going to be a, a fun year to watch. There's not really going to be any really yeah. cake teams. Yeah, to be mm-hmm. honest, dude, 1 through 12 in the NFC all have playoff right. potential. I, I agree, too. And Maybe even more. One, 1 through 7 – one through seven or eight, maybe even nine on my list, honestly, could could possibly come out as NFC champions, to be honest. It is. It's gonna honestly, be- the NFC is like the Western sure. Conference I mean, right now. I think in the AFC. The thing is loaded. I think the top four, maybe five or so, could possibly be in the running for the championship. And I think probably nine, nine or ten could be in the running for the playoffs, too. So, I mean, on both sides of the league, but especially the NFC, Facts. it's going to be a wild season next year. Facts. It's going to be a Definitely. I'm excited year. for Excited for fantasy, so, too. Uh, it's a good, good preview for the year. Um, it's a good podcast. Miss, miss Anthony a little bit, but we've made it through. And uh, 
and it was a good good uh, podcast today. Good to be back on the air. Facts, but hey, we covered. It's a long one too. I th- we and, were like eighty uh, minutes. The fans needed a little extra since since Facts. it's been a while since we've been on. Facts. World War Three Part Two on. Hey, we'll be back soon. Coming up next time. Facts. Got to get ready for facts uh, and NBA coverage for the, for the playoffs with no fans. All right, so thanks for listening. Definitely, Maj and Jay signing off here on LJHS Bros Undisputed.